Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another installment of the Dual Screams podcast that never gets old saying Dual Screams. That's why I love this month. I can say some puns that are a little bit cringy, and hopefully you won't punish me too much for that. So in going with the theme of spooky, spooky games, this week... I am very proud to bring on the show Henry Hoare, the best last name ever for a human being, I must say, co-developer of Bloodwash. Ooh, it's actually the best name for a game ever also, coincidentally. A giallo. I use my Italian fingers here when I say that giallo-inspired laundry horror game with low-poly PS1-style graphics. Henry, welcome to the show thank you for having me it's nice to meet you yeah man likewise i've played your game up down left right backwards forwards blood soaked dry cleaned and it's uh <laughs> it is one hell of an experience i'm actually sitting here in my office and i have a a pile of laundry done behind me and no joke right underneath me I'm going to use my feet to grab these right now, like a monkey that I am. I missed a pair of socks. That's just like the absolute worst thing that can happen. I had a solo sock just living on its own for about a month. <laughs> just found the other one when I did laundry this morning. And I got to tell you, having a washer and dryer in my home is like number one requirement now for me. <laughs> I feel like I should tip my laundry person because I do a drop-off service. Because I'm a mm-hmm. little bit lazy when it comes to chores around the house. Like, I'll clean most things, but laundry, I'm like, eh, I'll put it in a bag, give it to someone. Here, you do this for me. But, like, matching my socks, because I have so many <laughs> socks, just trying to, like, make your way through that labyrinth of a task. Because I have so many socks in my life, and so many are missing. The dog eats half of them sometimes. So, of course. In any case, Let's get on to your amazing little game here. Um, I do want to kick off things with, I want your thoughts on something very specific. And that is, what is it like having one of, if not the dopest loading screen I've seen in a game? The the bloody uh, yes. washing machine? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um... That was fun to make, uh, and it was fun to work it into the pause menu as well, mm-hmm. have a little spinning. Um, we knew we needed something as the game kept getting bigger and loading took longer, uh, and that was just the easy, the first thing that came to mind. Uh, let's just <laughs> so, throw the washer up there. <laughs> it's just so, it's so schlocky and 70s, 80s horror of it that it's, it's utter perfection. And it, it really puts you in that vibe of this is going to be a fun game. Like, it's going to be a good ride all the way through. And it really was. So I want you, if you could first, if you could define for our non-Italian-speaking audience out there what a Giallo-inspired game is. And also go into what the game's overall premise and sort of the, the setup is for Bloodwash. Right, so Bloodwash is a first-person single-player horror game inspired by old Italian giallo movies. Uh, giallo movies being mystery, fiction, thriller-type horror movies. Um, a lot of them were slashers. Uh, but biggest thing that probably sets them apart from a lot of old retro horror movies being the mystery element that focuses a lot on there being some some twist, some big reveal towards the end that you're learning bits and pieces as you go along on the ride. Um, Bloodwash, of course, about a pregnant college student who goes to do her laundry, founds out the washer in her building is broken. Conveniently, there's one more bus going to the edge of town, to the 24-7 laundromat. A uh, very common occurrence in the world, of course. <laughs> right. <laughs> Lo and behold, there is a serial killer 
that's been on the loose recently. And pure coincidence, they happen to be targeting pregnant women. Mm -hmm. Such yeah. as yourself. <laughs> yeah, the game throws a lot of information at you from the get-go. Sarah is... I don't know how she's living in that apartment. It looks like squalor. There's like pizza boxes everywhere. She has a an abusive, drunk, alcoholic boyfriend that's always ragging on her. She's also pregnant. So there's a lot going on in her life. She's trying to juggle school and work, has a big interview. And it all sets the stage for what I think is one of the most creative horror games I've played in recent memory. I just want to get that out there. <laughs> just so it's well, known. Thank you. Just so, just so that's out there. Um, you mentioned get, taking a bus to like someplace out of town to do your laundry. Why is that bus driver such a dick? Uh, well, <laughs> I think a lot of bus drivers are just not particularly happy that they're driving mm. buses. Um, right. I'm from New York City. As, as I took am I. The bus a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um. I've had my fair share of rude bus drivers mm -hmm. uh, not let me or other people on the bus for no reason. Uh, just make weird comments. <laughs> I think it's something a lot of people have experienced. <laughs> right. But if I'm, first of all, I, I'm getting the third degree from the get go from this guy as I get on the bus. He's like, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of like if you get on the bus, what you're doing, you know, at this hour. And, you know, I, I, I have what I imagine off screen a, giant bag of laundry <laughs> this guy's giving me shit he's like i don't buy that story i'm like bro there's like i, I i'm sure there's laundry i have my own soaps <laughs> i have all the things <laughs> and he thinks i'm going out of town for some sort of drug run or some shit like that oh uh, i mean it's off screen you don't know right, what yeah. type of bag it is right. it could be just a suspicious looking closed duffel bag <laughs> Yeah. in defense of the bus driver mm -hmm. <laughs> and then we get a nice little creeper dude in the bus as well which is also it's very it, it pulls from a lot of um sort of character types from those old sort of horror films like there's like the, the crazy guy that knows mm -hmm. a little bit too much Think like the gas station worker in Texas right. Chainsaw Massacre. Right. Who gives you the warning? Like, I always call him the Ralph. Ralph is a Friday the 13th reference. Crazy Ralph. Mm -hmm. Who knows, like, all the goings on of the town, when you're going to die, the exact moment's going to happen. Exactly. So, what is kind of walk us through the, uh, the core gameplay loop of bloodwash what can well the game is out so um what do we do in this game what's it all about uh a majority of what you do in bloodwash is what the premise sets you up to do you mm -hmm. go and do your laundry um anything that happens past that is out of my hands <laughs> um but you go to this like strip mall area in the middle of the night on the outskirts of town to do your laundry uh, for some reason, there are a few other stores still open, uh, someone else doing their laundry, people to talk to, uh, ways to entertain yourself while getting your laundry done. And that is a majority of the game. Um, it then goes on from there as the horror setup is brought more into play. And you find a way to deal with this killer who's running around and makes themselves known to you. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the womb ripper, which is such a perfectly schlocky name. For All credit goes to my other developer for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just obvious and on the nose enough, mm -hmm. but it, it just rolls off the tongue in such a beautiful way. Like what other name could there have been? for this killer yeah perfectly self-explanatory right 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 um i do want to touch on the uh the graphic style of the game because i 
as a as my listeners know, I'm a huge fan for the crunchy PS1 low poly lo-fi graphics because it just it lends so much more than what a modern game can do oddly enough like when i step out of my apartment and it's just i see that fog rolling in which Mm -hmm. also by the way gave me some sound hill sort of vibes and i was like fuck you developer because i missed that franchise so no one's allowed to use fog in their game you without can, you someone can, calling it Silent Hill. <laughs> you can just eat my dick. Oh, just like that look of it. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on that that art style and that approach and what it does so well for her? I think a lot of other developers have spoken about this before, mm-hmm. um, that the lack of detail lends something to like fear of the unknown. Uh, if there's some character standing in the distance and the game's low resolution, low poly, you're going to be even less sure of what it is you're looking at. Uh, Now, my very game developer answer is that it's a lot faster, it's a lot Mm -hmm. cheaper, it's a lot easier to make. It lets people like my other developer, Jordan King, and I spend a year working on this game part-time, just whenever we're able uh while we both have full-time jobs um it is just that much more accessible easy to accomplish and i think also it even though it's all paying homage to a certain time the playstation one and those games it has a lot of room for creativity Mm -hmm. the the fewer polys you have in a character model the more significant each one is. Um, so all the character models in Bloodwash have a very distinct head shape. Mm-hmm. So like, I could look at a dozen uh, untextured character models and I could pinpoint, okay, like Jordan made that character model because that's the way he does his heads. <laughs> um, <laughs> so those restrictions wind up resulting in a lot of creativity you know you would think given how this sort of there's a a huge community of developers out there on the indie side who are focusing on this specific art style and look for horror games especially again it does so well for the genre you would think that you would have a big time developer say hey Resident Evil team have do like a small thing with like five or eight of you make like an RE one to three throwback game do it for like a couple months pump it out and it would get totally gobbled up but no one no one thinks to do that in the AAA space which is yeah it's it's a really (laughs) weird thing to me it is surprising that it hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. And it, it almost makes me wonder if it ever will, if it hasn't happened by now. Is this the explosion of it in the indie scene has been going on, I don't know, probably like five years now. Right. Um, like of it being really in the zeitgeist, like a lot of people being really aware of it. Um, but maybe I don't I don't know enough about the inner workings of AAA to really speak to it but i'm sure a lot of it has to do with money they you know they don't like to take risks um graphics are such a big selling point for a lot of the mainstream game players like how good does it look uh i'd say a majority of people maybe not a majority there's a large a significant portion of people who care a lot about how good a game looks and what the new big advancements are Right. I mean, if you're if your goal is to market that, but you know, retro NES sprite based games also thrive in the market as well. That could come from a triple A well, triple A indie sort of like in a sense, like big time indie teams making those games. Right, but I mean what we could probably count on one hand the number of triple A teams that do two D yeah. stuff at all. Yeah, it's true. Like, 
there's I, I couldn't even tell you what names and even then I'd probably be like yeah they're they're triple triple A indies you know in that yeah. that middle area <laughs> yeah I feel it's just me trying to wish it into existence like oh absolutely at some point I mean Konami's trying not to suck again apparently we'll see <laughs> how, how that pans out um They've invited like indie devs to go through their old library of IP and see what they can make and do of them. And having a small team do like a, a throwback Silent Hill game, which wouldn't cost, I would say, that much. Just take a little bit of a chance. You may, you, there's an audience that would definitely devour that shit instantly. And and you guys also like you're partnered with uh, Torture Star Video, which is an offshoot of Puppet Combos their publishing mm -hmm. arm and that's a huge audience so it is there yeah i mean on the other hand i'm like you know triple a stay away leave us alone like <laughs> <laughs> let, let us have this <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is it's 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 a weird thing because i feel like in a lot of ways when i just go through hio and i come across just so many low poly horror games i'm like this is like a treasure trove of, of stuff i can just play mm -hmm. these like this like dino crisis looking game this resident evil looking game like this is great and i do want you guys to sort of have that to yourselves but i long mm -hmm. for like just uh give me like something super polished but it looks like old school with just with the budget of you know like they didn't cost much think, back in the day <laughs> i would imagine I, I think the ideal scenario that probably both you and i want is mm. just for indie devs <laughs> to have the money <laughs> yeah Pete, that's it give us yes. give us money so we can make it <laughs> i would say yes Con just do the contract work the licensing like okay i want them to approach you guys give you the satchel of cash the dollar sign here you go here you go, Henry. Make us a new clock tower game. Here's your budget. Do it a PS1 style. Go for it. Go nuts. Um, so certainly... Me personally. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Me personally, I I don't think I would ever agree to that, even if mm. like even if it was Resident Evil. Like I oh, I really? would not I would not want that pressure Ooh. and I wouldn't want those restrictions. Ooh interesting would you I can also say yes me personally as a developer i i have a strong aversion to doing sequels i don't think i would ever want to do a sequel oh wow if it was always completely up to me which it is not so i'm neither confirming nor denying anything <laughs> so it's gonna scratch blood wash two off the table that's that that dream just died <laughs> um so where did this idea, this premise, this the setting, where did Bloodwash give me the inception of this nightmare that we play through? What is it? Where where did it come from? What what happened to you once upon a time in a laundromat that spawned this video game so many years later? Bloodwash is really from the mind of Jordan King slash Black Eyed Priest, mm -hmm. the, my other co-developer for Bloodwash. Um, Jordan had actually already been working on Bloodwash for a month or two before I started working on it. We had been working together on side projects for maybe like six months at that point. Uh, all stuff like we were prototyping and scrapping stuff and coming up with new ideas. Uh, and Jordan asked, hey, do you want to help me get blood wash out the door? It's got maybe like a month or two of work left. Like it's just going to be this quick 20 minute game for like a dollar on HIO. This was in August, 2020. <laughs> um, and oh, you, <laughs> got, had... you got snookered in that deal. It's like, oh yes, a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, um, well, it was my fault, but I'll get to that. <laughs> Um, so Jordan already had all the, had the premise of the setup of character Sarah going to do laundry in the middle of the night because her laundry machine her washing machine's broken. 
uh, there's going to be all these characters. Like we're going to read some comics, and then there will be a killer. That was like roughly where it was at. Um, and so that that rough story outline stayed, but it kept getting bigger as I joined. I was like, wouldn't it be cool if we did this or this? <laughs> um, just adding more stores. I, I honestly couldn't tell you for sure whether or not Jordan had already wanted to do waiting in real time for the laundry to be done. Mm. Um, but whenever that was decided or we agreed upon doing that, I was like, all right, we have to fill out a lot more stuff to do, um, which ballooned in a not very, like, not very economically smart way for game development. Um, mm. We built a game where probably like 50% of the content is optional. Right. Like the play times for Bloodwash span between one and two hours about. And, you know, one of those hours is just how you decide to spend your time at the laundromat <laughs> or in, in that uh, strip mall plaza. Um, and so that is really what wound us, wound up taking us the most time, filling out that content. Uh, adding in all those little things you can do, uh, the mini games, the arcade cabinet, so on. Uh, getting all the voice actors to do all their lines. Um, and I can, I'll also say, I mean, spoilers for anyone who hasn't played yet, uh, but the, the entire cop sequence, mm -hmm. that was decided on or added like two months before it came out. Wow. <laughs> Something like that. So um, this is a self-inflicted wound is what I'm getting at from all this. <laughs> yes. Um, it, it wound up being a lot bigger than we planned. Um, and we still, <laughs> we still got a handful of reviews like, man, this game's way too short. <laughs> Could you imagine a 20-minute version? I'd be so mean for a dollar. That price is justified. Yeah, it was... Five. It was a whole different experience. Um, very much so like, you know, one of those games you'd find on HIO for like a dollar for you. Like you go, you go do this thing, click on a few things, something scary happens and it probably wraps up pretty soon. <laughs> right. It's, it's funny how you mention building other things to do to give players little moments in between waiting for their laundry to finish. Cause instinctually my my gut told me laundry goes into the machine. I have to trigger something for it to quote unquote end in the game world. I didn't think until the dryer cycle that I could check and there's an actual timer mm -hmm. on, the, on the machine. I was like, oh, I could just stood here the whole time and just done nothing. But mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> that's just how that's just how my I mean I wouldn't, but that's just how my mind my mind was like, all right, cool. I have to like somehow bake it so I am brought back into the laundromat to check on the wash, like or get like a audio cue from Sarah saying, Oh, the laundry is about done. I should go check on it right now. That kind of mm -hmm. a cue. Yeah, it was it was a difficult design problem to solve mm -hmm. that uh where we were worried like okay are people are people gonna be bored like definitely there's the possibility of someone who doesn't jive with or doesn't want to do any of those other optional things we have and then they have to wait mm. like we were on the fence for a while like okay do we make it so if you do a certain number of these optional activities, it speeds up the timer and jumps forward. Um, there was conversation super early on of whether or not we do have it be standard, like linear trigger-based uh, sequencing, like a lot of uh, these types of horror games do. Um, and we just really didn't want to do that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it worked out great because I was like, okay, cool. I know I have, I know that the game isn't going to expect me to do some sort of obtuse puzzle. I, I won't be stuck, basically. Like, I can 
free roam, watch TV, play some games on the arcade or my little handheld device, mm-hmm. read some comics. And okay, the doll, it's like being at the actual laundromat in a sense. Yeah. Um, me, pers- me personally, like I always want to try and pull that type of design and gameplay into the stuff I work on as much as I can. <laughs> uh, my favorite genre is immersive sims, Dishonored, mm. Deus Ex, mm. System Shock, et cetera, oh, yeah. et cetera. Really um, and so it was an interesting challenge to try and pull that into this type of game as much as I could. Um, and what we wound up with was that big section where you're just spending time in a laundromat like a real person would. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's there's a big concern that that would be a huge issue for a lot of people. Um, we did we did a bunch of play testing with uh, friends and family and things like that before launch. Um, get some feedback, see what wasn't working, and uh, we had a play tester who did stay like stand there and wait for the most part and did not go to other stores um wow and part of that was because they 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 knew it was a horror game and they knew or that they were thinking okay like if i go to this like if i go outside or go to this spot like i'm probably going to get a jump scare and i don't want that to happen (laughs) yeah because there's been five before that already before you even get to the laundromat (laughs) yeah um but we also, there's only probably like two non-optional jump scares in the game. There's the creepy guy on the bus. Mm-hmm. You have to do that in order to be able to get off the bus or progress it. Right. And I guess the other ones are in the cop sequence. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, that sequence of the game is very linear straightforward mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um everything after your dryer finish ends is very linear right which it's a good, uh, it's a good pacing i feel i think it's a it's a very weird pacing and we mm-hmm. took a we took a risk with that and we saw uh for, with we saw people who did not like that i mean luckily really? there, like luckily there were not too many people that didn't like it <laughs> uh we're we're very happy with how the game's done and is doing uh with how people responded to it but i'd say pretty much everyone that didn't like it tends to say you know they didn't like the pacing Mm. um or they say they really preferred that last section where it was super linear Mm. and did not like how you spent the majority of your time interesting yeah because my take was like i always love like a like a a really sharp twist like that that comes out of nowhere like now we're changing a fundamental perspective of the game mm-hmm. which i wasn't really i wasn't expecting at all and i was just like oh now we're now we're now we're here now we're you know playing as a cop spoiler and i was like this is this is really neat and it just at that point, I'm so invested in Sarah and her life. I'm like, God, let her be okay. What's going on? And now I'm like, from the outside looking in to see what's going on with her whole situation. I, I thought mm-hmm. it was it was very very well done. Thank you. <laughs> we <laughs> we're we're happy with how it turned out. Um, but yeah, we were really expecting it to be a lot more divisive than it was. Um, we were expecting something like a 60-40 split as oh. to whether people clicked with it and did not. Um, uh, but we we could tell what the reasons would be for people not to like it. Mm-hmm. Like the, the risk we took with the open-ended uh, laundromat section. Right. Uh, and then just the stark contrast between uh, that main middle chunk of the game and the last bit. How... How do you go about crafting horror around something so mundane as doing laundry, especially with a real-time dynamic that's into the mix? 
what's the what's the ideology for you guys behind how do we make this effective enough to keep the players engaged and want to know more about what's happening around Sarah and this mysterious laundromat and the killer? Well, we kind of force them to be interested by making them wait. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> that as part of the really advantage <laughs> of the real world timer, um, right. like, like do something or don't that's on you. Mm -hmm. Uh, but unless you just want to sit here and wait the, however many minutes it is like eight, eight or 10 minutes for the washer, uh, then go, go look around, go talk to people, um, go see what you can click on and do. Um, I think that I think that worked out as opposed to the approach of, okay, now I need to figure out what I need to do to quote unquote make the like washing machine finish. Mm -hmm. um, and and it fits in this real world context of doing your laundry is while making it, we can think, okay, like what would we want to do if we were waiting for our laundry? Uh, like, okay, like I guess we'll we'd want to look at other stores in the plaza. Um, talk to the other people around. Uh, oh, if we have these little bits of evidence or clues for the killer, we'll like, wouldn't it be cool if we could ask other people about it? Mm -hmm. um, and that that was probably our biggest um, most significant thing in the game, I think. Uh, the thought, what wouldn't it be cool if we could ask the other NPCs about these things we can find? Yeah, I think that really adds a lot because it's it's all about that breadcrumb trail you're slowly like leaving and mm -hmm. that sort of slow build, slow burn kind of horror where by the time you have made your rounds with the plaza and all the storefront shopkeepers and you go into the bathroom for the first time, there's a funky thing in there I don't want to spoil too much but the dread is there that sense of a place where I should be safe a laundromat is suddenly not so safe anymore yeah it's it's a lot of very making very believable things like mm -hmm. I'm going to do my laundry and there's someone walking around here that does not want good things for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but I guess I'll keep doing my laundry. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had any sort of weird laundromat stories ever that or characters you've come across at a laundromat at some point that you guys sort of used as influence here or you want to share like some sort of freaky incident? Uh, sadly, me, no. Um, I wish I knew whether or not Jordan <laughs> had stories. Yeah. <laughs> Probably based on this game. <laughs> well, okay. So to that note, I do have to ask, what is the obsession with Ski Freak in this game? Uh, that's Jordan made that is game. It, oh my God. Yes. See, I was wondering, <laughs> I was wondering like, okay, there's a poster. That's, that's neat. It's really cool. <laughs> but then there's like a full-blown trailer on the TV and I'm like, why is yeah. there so much ski freak in this game? <laughs> yeah, uh that's one of uh Ow. Jordan's 2D games that wow. he made for Puppet Combo's Patreon. Oh my um, god. And there are a handful of other real like indie game posters in Peepaw's store. Like when you click around on the games, yeah. mm -hmm. all of those are real things that you mm -hmm. can Google and find. Yeah. Like the uh, little adult section also. That was. In theory, those are real things you can look right. up and find as well. Oh my God. Again, it just, it just adds to that. There's like that layer of filth now on top of. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, it's, it's such, it's that 70s, 80s horror vibe where everything was just. Even the VHS. Mm, I shouldn't sort of really like, be watching this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, I'll have mom and dad be like, what's on the TV? What, what, what are you watching? Turn this 
filth off kind of thing going on but it's it just takes my mind back to a very special place in my youth where these things were so taboo and it's just seeing it in such a way it just in my 40 year old self it just i feel like a kid again <laughs> i love it it's like yay. i have a weird relationship with horror because i mm-hmm. i got into horror from my i had a babysitter when i was like a toddler practically mm-hmm. and her husband loved horror movies mm-hmm. so i was watching like attack of the killer tomatoes at like two years old <laughs> yes. two years old uh started watching friday the 13th at like four mm-hmm. <laughs> uh killer clowns from outer space which mm-hmm. is remains one of my favorites to this day so so it's so bad it's good <laughs> yeah it's it's amazing it's it's a joy to watch <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i feel there's something that that era of horror does so well that modern horror can't really hold the candle to like i like recently i would say films like hereditary really really Mm -hmm. well made horror film one of the best i've seen in my entire life but if i'm watching like you know a rosemary's baby or a pieces which is like super schlock horror Mm -hmm. horror movie i would watch that any given day than most things coming out from studios these days because it's just there was something that was so raw and cheap about it mm-hmm. that made it so charming and so lovable. And all of that, I can see the DNA of that is in this game every every step of the way. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's one thing both Jordan and I love um, mm-hmm. and something we've spoken about and agreed on, like, when production values get so much higher something's lost um or even like such a huge shift for horror was uh moving from practical effects to cgi Mm -hmm. stuff with practical effects you like someone made that with their hands and like put Mm -hmm. that together um you lose it's less personal Mm -hmm. um and same could be said with like lower resolution like the or even like i love found footage stuff mm-hmm. um a lot of what i love about that is how personal it feels like you're not supposed to be watching this like this wasn't meant for you to watch unedited like this with these people like these people arguing walking through the woods mm-hmm. um and yeah when you look at a lot of modern horror it just feels so put together mm-hmm. like precisely there's calculated there's a formula they're trying to hit essentially like okay Mm -hmm. let's have the jump scare here for the audience for the reaction it's all very by the numbers and you lose a lot of the creativity and the fun in horror when you're trying to when you set out to do something that's that you're not that's what horror is intended to do essentially yeah so what yeah. are some of the what are some of the films and movies that inspired you in making this game? Um, Jordan and I spoke a lot about the classic Friday the Thirteenth movies, mm-hmm. and we always pinpoint those as something that we feel made those special is all the characters really being characters. Mm-hmm. Like in in all of those early movies all of those campers or counselors really had personalities. Right. Um, I'm blanking on names, but there's the, there's the overweight character in part three, mm-hmm. who's such a character. And oh, get, oh, what's his name? With the, it has the mask. He gets hit with the harpoon. Does, does, the, does, the, does, the, does the pranks? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, what's his stupid name? I'm going to hate myself because they, <laughs> they, they yell it all the time. And I'm like, oh, so-and-so, yeah. like... <laughs> Um, so Jordan has a very character first approach, I'd mm-hmm. say. Um, and that, that makes everything a lot easier. I feel, mm-hmm. uh, is it, we can think about, okay, this is the general premise of what we want to happen. And then we fill it out with characters like, mm-hmm. oh, if there's this 
weird old man running a weird store that just has a bunch of stuff <laughs> and this is how he talks like that would that'll be really cool you can just put a mess of items to find like sure he has a bunch of fish in the back of the store <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah he'd have an adult section and mm. uh, assume you were stealing stuff because you're young <laughs> yeah you could get some smut a bag of doritos and a goldfish all in the same run <laughs> exactly <laughs> Um, but yeah, so those those Friday the 13th movies that put a lot of emphasis on dialogue and characters, uh, if I think as opposed to, I don't know, probably the Saw movies where you don't really care about the characters or what type of people they are at all, <laughs> um, and you're just watching to see what happens. I just did a you're, quick... You look like you're about to disagree with me very no, strongly. <laughs> I, did a quick, I had to do a quick Google search on that fucking character's name Shelly 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 yes because <laughs> it was gonna gnaw at me until forever if I didn't do a quick search on that no but I <laughs> I, I, I do agree because like a lot of those films you have to tell a story and personality and all that they gotta stand out and be memorable and they have to mm -hmm. be distinctive at the same time and having like someone as let's say the jock the bully the slutty girl and it's all just dialed up to like 11 mm -hmm. that's part of the fun of yeah exactly films. yeah <laughs> yeah uh and couldn't tell you how jordan comes up with some of them like creepy guy mm -hmm. or stan with his super weird outfit oh my god stan Stan uh, looked like he was. Onto this. Stan was like, had this weird like, am I glued to my door? Like, what's going on? Like, I'm like, are you, are you, are you okay, bro? <laughs> yeah, we, we, like halfway through development, we were like, man, these characters do feel a little static. Mm -hmm. It would be cool if we. The first one we thought about was the patron and laundromat. Like, man, it would be mm -hmm. cool if we could have him move around mm -hmm. a lot. And then we're like, man, we don't want to do that. <laughs> that's too much work. <laughs> Maybe next time. Right, uh, right, right. And that's that's something we're like locked in on the next game. Like NVCs are people that move around and do stuff. So I think that's a good segue uh, into what's what's the future look like for you guys? Like, is the next project already on on the in the works? Like, is it? sort of is there a premise a plot a, a sort of a core gameplay mechanics in your heads without giving away too much what's what's right for you um guys? yes we are we've already started work on stuff we before Bloodwash came out we were like all right we we have to take a break <laughs> for a little bit <laughs> um we were both like pretty burnt out after Bloodwash. like i'm sure any any developer can tell you the last 10% of a, a project is more stressful than the other 90%. Um, mm -hmm. uh, just frantic, very busy. So we took a break as much as we could for a few weeks, uh, but immediately started thinking about what we wanted to do next. Um, mm -hmm. And I won't talk about story or anything like that. I mean, Jordan's already teased on Twitter. like. Mm -hmm. There may or may not be a camp setting inspired oh by it, <laughs> like Friday the 13th oh. and those a bunch of camp counselors oh with very unique personalities if, like we were just talking about. If we could get a game with that setting with PS1 looking graphics, I think I might just die. But I, of course I, I'll I, say I, again. I <laughs> um, we are putting a bigger twist into it of course like a lot of people went into blood wash not expecting that open-ended laundromat section at all mm -hmm. i think people will go into the next this camp game as we're calling it uh surprised even more by how 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 much it changes the like slasher game oh my god setup. that's that's <laughs> That's the perfect sales pitch right there. Because again, Bloodwash, when you watch a trailer, like my first impression was, oh, it's being a laundromat being chased by a killer, probably. Mm -hmm. 
and I gotta like either avoid them and not get killed, or I'll do a, or I'll you know, get a game over screen. But that wasn't at all what happened. Mm-hmm. I was like, these guys actually put some thought into this. Very, very nice. All right, Henry. I think with that, as I adjust myself on this chair, it's time to plunge the knife deep, deep down, all the way through to the heart of the matter. And that is rapid fire, where we learn more about you. So first things first. And this was like at the top of my list of questions. I've been just, I've been dying to ask you this from the get-go. But I was like, I'll wait till the end. Mm-mm. If I were to call you for a late night sexy conversation, what was the first thing you would say to me? If you were calling me if I would if I was I... yeah. If I, I have ca- to provide you with the sexy conversation. Yes. Give me, you can say anything you'd like. We have to use some sort of sexy voice. It's I find your number uh, scrolled on a laundromat wall in the bathroom. I was like, I'll, I'll give this number a phone call and I give you a call. And it's like a, you know, you're one of those sexy late night 900 numbers. What's your, what's your opening line? <laughs> what are you wearing? I love it. I love it. You nailed it. I think that's just an easy go-to. Yeah, you crushed it. You crushed it. And you avoid, like, if a guy or a girl's call again. That's actually, exactly. It covers all the bases. Yeah. <laughs> Very neutral, open to anyone. Uh, what is your favorite Friday the 13th movie? Freddy versus Jason. Wow. I did not expect that. Yep. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. That's it's an odd choice. Yeah. really a choice it's because i feel that is more of a jason film than a freddy film absolutely um just if, kind of if, it's how it's if someone's up. upset i didn't choose one that's literally yeah, it's 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 your decision <laughs> i'm not gonna cash at you for that like end the podcast um that film i i feel it's you're taking two iconic horror figures and you make it work somehow in a universe without being total garbage is. Yeah. I was amazed. It wasn't total garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Which, and again, it's also after like a 10 or 12 year payoff of build up, like waiting for that moment. Mm -hmm. What is your least favorite film in the franchise? How about that? Ooh. um, Maybe part seven. Ooh, the telekinetic one. The new, the new blood. Yeah, uh, that's an interesting one. Yeah, I, I just felt like it. Go- it went a little too out there, and mm-hmm. it's something I was just saying that I love about Michael Myers is that his kills are much more grounded, mm-hmm. much like, much less crazy. Like, in even in Freddy vs. Jason, my favorite Jason movie, <laughs> uh, he throws his machete like an Olympic javelin thrower at one point. Oh yeah. And it's just, <laughs> I prefer the like less surreal kills. While it's on for fire, him, nonetheless. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that that his his first big kill with the bed with the bed crunch. That's just Oof, yeah. That's some good shit. But part seven, I feel that film was a very well made Jason movie. Some great kills, and I I'm a sucker for the zombie look of jason that that movie gave us mm-hmm. but it was just it leaned into carrie for some weird reason too much yeah i'm not sure why they had to do that but still it's fun it's fun and again you don't get that nowadays the horror well unless you watch well what was it malignant that came out recently that is just <laughs> whoo I could not get more than 30 minutes into that movie. Oh, my God, Henry. Just listen. Get a bottle of whiskey. (laughs) Finish it and then watch that movie. Okay. (laughs) Because by the time you get to the end, it is the definition, the epitome of a good, bad movie. Like it is it is garbage in the best way imaginable just i'm just saying give it give it maybe a, i'll give it another try 
Yeah, give it a second. Give it a second chance. Now, you mentioned before that you wouldn't uh, develop a game or a sequel based on an existing horror game franchise. But mm -hmm. what if someone told you, hey, Henry, here's this longstanding horror movie franchise that has no game for it as of yet. Would you take on that challenge with a blank check to do it? And if you were to, which franchise would that be? I'd definitely be more open to that. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously with the caveat, you know, someone's just, yeah, go crazy, like do whatever mm -hmm. you want. Sorry, and give me one second. <laughs> I got dogs going crazy. Listen, my dog is very much locked up in the other room. So, um, yeah. but I'd be torn. I'd, I think they did a good job with the Friday the 13th game. I thought mm -hmm. that was very fun. Mm -hmm. I'd, you know what? I, years ago, I had an idea for a Nightmare on Elm Street game that Ooh. I was really excited about. Uh, and it was you, you, you know, as much as possible, you don't know that it's a Nightmare on Elm Street game right away. Did I say Friday the 13th before? I meant Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> um, you are going through your day as a normal high school student. Uh, you know, dialogue choices, deciding how you interact with characters, and that influences your dreams as you, like, shape this character. Mm -hmm. So based on how you play throughout your normal day, that then influences how... Freddie behaves with you and what your uh, dreams are like. That is so neat. How because that is a twist that you have to have with a different title in place. You can't call it Nightmare on Elm Street because you, you're saving that moment for oh shit, I'm, yeah. playing, I'm playing a Freddy game. <laughs> yeah, that, that would never be doable right. for that type of game. But <laughs> like, We're going to sacrifice all the marketing yeah. <laughs> for this one now that's a risk that no one would ever take, but your mind went there and I appreciate that. It's really, really good. It reminds me of about taking risks, the original premise for the NES version of Nightmare on Elm Street, which was having players take on the role as Freddy and killing killing a bunch right. of kids. And they were like, no, let's let's not do that. Because it's Probably not going to look the best, yeah. Right, right. But I really wish someone would take a chance on that IP as a video game franchise. Like, there's so much in there that you could do to make a really decent Friday game. I also feel like Nightmare on Elm Street is the hardest to do anything with because it is so dependent on Robert England. Oh, yeah, it's true. Whereas that's, that's not really the case with, like, Halloween or right, Friday or, the 13th. Or Chainsaw Massacre or those kind of games. Mm -hmm. But now I know Robert's, like, getting up there in his years. Having him do voice for a game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> easier than doing, like, do you want to put on makeup for 10 hours again? Uh, right. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, what? What scares you, Henry? What gives you the hibbly jibblies at night or any time uh, for that matter? I, I live next to a park and I walk my dog every night and uh -huh. there are a lot of trees that are in weird shapes and it's it's lit like a horror movie, that park. Like there's mm -hmm. one yellow uh, street lamp in the middle of the park and that's it. Uh, so it's definitely imagining seeing people or things out of the corner of my eye like mm. shadows that look like people do you ever like scare yourself on purpose just for that little that weird sensation you get deep deep down inside i do all the time because i'm insane well how do you mean like forcefully like watching or playing yeah something or, like, you? or like walk down the street and think about someone's behind me right now or like yeah <laughs> there were a few months when I was in college. Uh, I was in Chicago and I had a late night class and I, it like ended at like 930 or 10. And I would always listen to uh, the Halloween theme mm -hmm. <laughs> while I was walking, <laughs> specifically like uh, Trent Reznor's like mix of it. <laughs> wow. 
That gave some bad vibes. You know, I get those thoughts sometimes in the shower as well. When I'm like rinsing my oh, hair yeah. off, I'm like, Aisha, like, okay, now it's a scene from Psycho. <laughs> like, why, why do I do this shit to myself? Can only keep your eyes closed for so long. Right, right, right. I'm like, all right, the door's shut. It's locked. No one's there. All right, we're good. We're good. All right. But it's like a quick, I do a quick rinse because you never know. Exactly. <laughs> um, what was a recent horror game that made a really big impression on you? Mm, that's a good one. I don't, what's the last horror game I've played? Mm. Um, I was, I gave Phasmophobia a real chance mm. for the first time not too long mm. ago. Um, and I was a little pulled out of it by being a Unity developer and recognizing like all the assets from the asset store. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's precious. Oh my God. But... That is a developer specific problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did enjoy the randomized elements of mm-hmm. trying to figure out what this randomly generated ghost mm-hmm. is, what they're doing. Um, and I, I also like started playing with a friend who's like an expert at it and that pulled me out of it too. Cause they're just like, all right, we need to do this to get this many points. And then like, we need to do this things to, to make this money. Yeah, uh, no. I, I had more fun <laughs> when I was playing with friends who had no idea how to play and we were just losing every time. Yeah, I, that's how you're supposed to play that game. Yeah. <laughs> I have, I have a couple of friends who are like that, who are just, they've been playing a game for like 80 hours before I get there. And it's like, I'm not yeah. to, don't, don't power level me. I'm just, can I experience the thing first? Yeah. But I don't want to slow you down. Don't get mad at me. I'm not at your level yet. Okay. I'm going to go away. Let and, me fail. Yeah. I'm going to just turn off my status. So it's, it's like I'm offline forever. So you don't see me <laughs> on the internet on my steam account um if you were cast in a horror movie are you more of a slasher killer slutty (laughs) slutty first death cheerleader or the final girl what what role do you think best i'm probably like shelly from friday Mm. Part three but if he wasn't an idiot you know that's like actually half Shelly, half Final Girl. <laughs> right, Shelly made an impact, memorable, and a yeah, really, and, a, and a really good death. Also, I would definitely be messing with my friends while we're like about to die. You know, in those films too, they taught us how to be ourselves too. Growing up, like to embrace <laughs> who you are, and like Shelly too, like chubby little kid, like stood up for himself and like ran over the bullies motorcycles at some point so courage in the face of danger also see these are strong values i think really looking on the bright side there yeah i feel every kid because i think i was a lot like you henry because i was i was raised on horror films when i was a kid too from my cousins who would watch them when i was three Mm -hmm. years old so imagine your babysitter's husband it's my two older cousins saying we're gonna watch Chainsaw Massacre or Slurm Party Massacre this night or Chucky. Yeah. And I'm like four years old and I'm staring at my my little sister's doll in the corner of her room. And I'm like, that's in the Chucky coming. was one that got me for a while when that's I was gonna kid. yeah. <laughs> because it's something small in your house. And you know, we had dolls everywhere. Yeah. Let's see. What is something you have done in your life that should have gotten you killed? Hmm. That's a tough one for me because I've I've never even like broken a bone or anything. Yeah, I mean, I've I've I, I fall a lot, a lot of scrapes and cuts and scars and stitches, but no broken bones either. Um. I, uh, back when I lived in New York City, I longboarded and there were longboarding events like, mm. called the Broadway Bomb, where just hundreds of people would skate down Broadway. Mm. Um, 
almost got hit by a car a lot doing stuff like that. So like, yeah, probably almost died. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Many okay. times there. All right. Oh, Lordy. All right. I think a good final question here is if you could wish for a sequel or a new entry into a dormant, successful, iconic legacy horror film franchise or game franchise. Now, it's not you working on it. It's just you wish it and it happens. Which would you pick? Be it a movie would, or a game? I would absolutely wish into existence Freddy versus Jason 2. Wow. But there's a book. There's a, there's a graphic novel for that. You can read that with ash i i that was that was a very good comic series yes. i enjoyed that a lot yeah um but make a movie of that even better yeah. get bruce campbell in there that would be amazing oh <laughs> lord yo that book is dope they yeah i remember all I, the people of that one i was reading that in real time i was probably mm -hmm. i was young i was maybe like 10 years old going to going to the comic store every week as it came out <laughs> Man. like con convincing the person at the checkout like no no it's fine like you can sell me this <laughs> yeah I'm, t I'm, I'm totally legit I'm totally legit <laughs> wow yeah i would love to see that adapted into a film because that was they brought back like alice and the dream warriors and it was just a lot i would of need them shit. to i would want them to change and like let's let someone win like mm -hmm. let <laughs> like forgive forgive me ip copyright holders <laughs> but like one of you is lesser than the other <laughs> and i feel like i may know the answer to this question but i gotta ask you one last thing have you heard of 13 fanboy you know what that no, is okay i do not 13 fanboy is a film that's coming out i think sometime this year or next it's the premise is there's a killer who grew up watching all the jason movies okay he wrote letters to the cast and they they never wrote back to him so it's the actors playing themselves being i see i just googled killer. like yeah, yeah kane hotter in there kane hotter in it yeah mm -hmm. you know i really loved uh wes craven's new nightmare for all mm. the meta stuff it did yes, I, yes honestly that's that might be my favorite nightmare on elm street mm -hmm. that is some good shit Man, this is like a whole other conversation. Like, let's talk about let's talk about Freddy Krueger now for like an hour and a half. Uh, but we can't because the show is over. <laughs> uh, Henry, thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. Again, I love talking about this shit. I could talk about it forever. Absolutely, and ever and ever. <laughs> it's been great. Uh, where can folks who are listening follow you and get their hands on Bloodwash? Give us the whole. PR marketing spiel right now. I can be found on Twitter at Henry H O A R E eight, the number eight. Uh, and Bloodwash can be found on Steam and itch.io just by searching Bloodwash, one word. And hopefully in the future, it can be found on even more platforms. Awesome. Yeah, I just picked up a Murder House, by the way, for a oh, yeah. station, which got some good shit. Good, good uh, a semblance of what's to come oh my god yes <laughs> all right henry thank you so much thank you listeners for joining us once again on the dual screams podcast it's october is we're like midway through i'm a little sad that horror stuff's gonna go away for a little while but we got some big stuff coming up soon we got dead by daylight madison some great coverage of horror games around the corner so stay tuned always here for awesome game coverage and awesome in-depth interviews with our favorite game developers, which Henry is now among that elite group because he makes awesome shit. So thank you, Henry. Thank you, listeners. And as always, please be excellent to each other. <laughs>